0: In 1996, another another light topic, Hamlet. Uh, uh-huh. You know, <laughs> um, a similar kind of thing we were talking about much do about nothing here here we're in the middle of as you are so dialogue heavy just the the content which comes from the theatrical world the stage uh, theatrical mm-hmm. world and and we're in the middle of this to be or not to be which you know how many people have tried to reinvent those very few words so well, let's just take a quick look at this and one of the things that strikes me not too dissimilar from the last one is um, perhaps I don't know what you were going through during the spotting session or during the uh, composition um, creativity, but where you decided to start the music. I mean, this is a very, very heavy scene. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the most famous scenes in all of artistry. I mean, all artistry.
1: To be or not to be, that is the question whether nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing end them, to die, to sleep no more, and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. tis a consummation devoutly to be wished, To die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream, aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come? When we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office, and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin? Who would? battles bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life but that the dread of something after death the undiscovered country from whose born no traveller returns puzzles the will us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus, conscience doth make cowards of us all, and thus, the native hue of resolution is sickly o'er with the pale cast of thought, and enterprises of great pith and moment with this regard their currents turn awry
0: and use the name of action. The scene itself is already so heavy, and, and, and my reaction the first time I ever saw this years ago and heard this years ago was this almost kind of dancing around the dialogue a little bit. It feels like you're kind of, Punctuating in very delicate ways, what he's doing yeah. here, and I don't, yeah. I don't know what um, you were, of course, thinking here or going through. We'd love to hear that, and, and, but it's, it's, it's almost like you, you were coming up with musical words, and you put yeah. a word well, here, and you well, put what a word is, there. Uh,
2: uh, you're very right, but you in your introduction that number one, we we sat down and had a chat before we spotted the picture and ken and i and uh lastly i really don't know what to do um i don't want to do i don't want to write too much music for this it's 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 four-hour full unabridged version um i don't want to you know shower it with smother it with music I and mean, this great writing um is such a long statement the entire play it's just the whole thing has become very different from the abridged versions that we fly through for much ado. It's a, it's a it's all action and but this is a real this is the this great tome of a piece. Um that um I, I really am not sure what to do. So I knew that there would be so much head music, as I call it, internal head music mm. throughout the play, you know, the stabbing of uh, of his father and you know the ghost and, and Hamlet, of course, Hamlet. Is completely going insane and crazy at times, and with anger and um, and frustration and uh, grief for his father, and uh, and is he pretending he's mad or is he really mad? Or, this is the age-old question. And this speech, of course, loose, looms ahead. As you say, is such an iconic aria and such an iconic piece uh, that every every Country in the world, of course, has translated these extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinary pieces of work. Yeah. Um, and uh, for so for, so when it, I, I, I I first I thought I don't want to write any music to this at all, mm. um, because so much of the film is left to the music of the the words and to the wonderful performances. Um so I watched it for a long time, and uh, and I kept hearing something. I thought this this this. I feel something some music is needed here but it's got to be so sparse mm. and so sparing and um, has to just as you say dance between, dance in there and shouldn't get in the way but in fact it should just bring the audience as a camera as he's get near and near the the mirror the two-way mirror the audience i wanted to draw them more and more into this really incredibly incredibly um sort of complex piece of writing and that's the thing about these plays is you're not leading people by the nose, but you're helping people into this incredible language from a long time ago, which anything that helps the audience to really envelop, be enveloped by these amazing words. And Ken is doing an extraordinary job, of course. So I felt when there was, the music had to be primitive because it's an age old, ancient thought of human beings why are we here? Where do we come from? What happens when we leave this mortal coil? Um, so and and these these voices that come occasionally like little comets that fly through time. Yeah. Um and that's that that I had this idea of literally you look up to the stars and you think, Why are we here? You know, that these little kind of comets, ah, oh, ah um, and that also gave a sense of other world and from a time gone by. And that, uh, the ancient horn, just a little horn comes in. And I thought, the what are the two oldest forms of music you would have? The human voice and a man, a, a horn from an animal. Someone blows a horn, hmm. you know, or, or someone would hit. So someone would hit something. So the first human beings would would hear a rhythm. And then you know, someone discovered blowing a horn. Um, human voice. So these so these three elements um, uh, well I thought let's use them and uh, um, and also the the melody da 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 dee, da 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 da, da, dee, da this is Hamlet's theme. So I I placed this theme I go da 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 da, da 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 I actually play that tune throughout different octaves, up and down, and jumping everywhere. So if you actually piece it together, it's actually the main, Hamlet's main theme mm. placed all over randomly, like random notes in his head. <laughs> yeah. So um, and I, the music entering for me, it's just the, for me the terror of of everything's so bad in the world i'm i i've had enough of this um i i want to end it all but for in that sleep of death what dreams may come right what happens when you're there oh my god is it worse than this (laughs) (laughs) when we have shuffled off this bottle is it worse than this oh my god so i'm stuck with this i'm questioning everything i have to deal with um people have been just people making your life unhappy, and are people letting you down, or the world's caving in around you, and why are we here? And so, these are all the thoughts that you know fly through your head um, as an individual when you when you read it, and then you watch Ken's performance. It's so underplayed and so quiet and internal that the music certainly couldn't be anything other than that. So well, I, I, hope, I hope that helps.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's interesting that. You know, when when you have an opportunity as a composer to react to such serious content, but in this case, it's not just serious content, right? It's content that um, most of the Western world is is aware of um, in some kind of previous version, right? Sure. And so that in itself is an interesting challenge to kind of grapple with because, um, you know, from an actor's perspective, a composer's perspective, you know, a writer's perspective, when you're dealing with content, that that the collective culture is already aware of this is sure. there's this other element of what what do you do with it in a way that we can help tell the story that was intended, but at the same time, how do we give it something else uh-huh. and and certainly this scene does that um you know it's it's one of those i mean I think it's a great opportunity as an artist i mean what was it? did it kind of generate a little bit of intrepidation or fear in you as an artist when you had to approach this?
2: Well, I always, I always, um, I'm always anxious when I embark on, on any picture because it's, yeah. um, I want to do my best, but it's particularly when you're, um, you're working on a Shakespeare adaptation, because mm-hmm. as you see the, um, he has been translated into virtually every language on the planet. Um, so, there is a, a, a tremendous onus on you, um, to in your in paying homage to it that you that you pull out your very best work or or, or the very best taste you apply your very best taste to this. Um, but Ken always says, "Look, there's no point." Because I've, I've obviously would voice my concerns to say, "Oh my God, what am I to do here? This is such." you know, it's such a daunting process every time with these great words. And she says, well, all you can do is is help the audience to enter into the world. Mm. That's all you're doing. You're, hopefully, you're just, you're assisting the audience. You're just, you're you're saying, look, the, I think they mean this. I'm just, you're helping to clarify this incredibly dense and complex philosophical language. Um, and also to some to capture the wonderful meter, in it. if it's if it's well rendered by the actor, if it's if it's if there's a wonderful edition of the speech, it's great to catch the wonderful right. music and great acting performances. And ultimately, as a, a composer in the film, the, the two things drive it: the narrative and the performances. Hmm. And there's, if there's weaknesses in either department, then you're in trouble. And um, if you've got a great story and great actors, then you have no excuse. Um, your job is to Make them greater, and make this work greater. Mm. Your job is to bring you know, the icing on the cake. Yeah. So my job was not to get in the way of this, but just to just to add a bit of atmosphere and and a, 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 just an audio experience around it. That just to listen to present you know as as hopefully as unobtrusive as possible look how marvelous this is <laughs> as opposed to listen to my great music or whatever you know it's <laughs> you know, listen, this is extraordinary story. Uh, this yeah. is me just saying you know yes you can understand this yes this is very accessible this is not something which is intellectual the intellectual um that has intellectual ownership uh, soul ownership you are welcome to join the club uh yeah. Because these these great plays have been sort of lassued by the elite, um, and uh, you know the average person in Shakespeare's London came and saw these great plays. It right. wasn't just right. you know fine coats and and top hats and tails. Um, everyone came and saw these great works. It just it's just been lacerated by yeah. to a large degree by the elite, and uh, um, so this is Ken's done a wonderful job of of um, and he's been criticised. certain certain... You know, section of the intelligentsia. Oh, you've you've dumbed it down. Mm, I disagree. He's actually opened so many people's eyes yeah. to this extraordinary, extraordinary world, and extraordinary language, and great and genius, great genius.
0: It's true. There, there's a. There's a challenge. There's a barrier in in getting into the world of Shakespeare. I mean, I adore Shakespeare, and so many of us can yeah. say the same. But there's there is a barrier, and and once you get past that barrier, at least in in, in my my experience, it w- it was like a the floodgate opened, and and I was yes. I, I was able to feel it and understand it in a different way. And that's a it's an important barrier to get past with this particular context. Um, to kind of pivot outside the world of Shakespeare. The following year, we're now in 1997. And this is, um, without hesitation, I can say this, one of my favorite mobster movies of all time. And one of the reasons why I love this movie so much is because of how you approached it with the music. I mean, for me, it's impossible to separate music from film. It's one of the things that I fell in love with when I was a young boy. And I, every time I see a movie, I'm always kind of looking through the lens of music. And, you know, certainly cinematography and acting, but music is one of the things that I, I paid such great attention to and the music in this film, it, it uplifted it in a way that brought so much more tragedy and appreciation to the content. And the next two pictures we'll look at, the the first one, of course, I'm speaking of Donnie Brasco directed by Mike Newell. And the connection there, of course, is that you, you worked together um, years later on Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh Yeah. Another incredible collaboration. So, let's have a look at this scene from Donnie Brasco. And this is one of the most illuminating scenes for me in the whole movie because it's it's intimate, it's fragile, it's exposed. It speaks to this very fragile relationship between Donnie and his wife, played by Anne Hesch. And in, in this moment, the music helps us to realize just how horrible the implications are of him being so deep into his role in the FBI and what it's doing to his life and, and, and I love this scene in so many ways let's, let's have a look and listen.
2: did you ever once ask yourself how I make it through my days hmm? I pretend I'm a widow with
0: medals and scrapbooks and memories I pretend you're dead that's how my life makes sense to me just go away stay away
2: Why do you hate me when I love
0: you so much?
1: You think I hate you? this guy left, he dies. They're gonna kill him because he vouched for me, because he stood up for me. I live with that every day. That's the same thing as if I put the bullet in his head myself, you understand? I spent all these years trying to be the good guy, you know, the man in the white fucking hat. For what? I'm not becoming like that Maggie I am
0: this is um to put it lightly an incredibly beautiful scene the moment you decide to bring in the music this can almost two or three bar interlude before we get of course the one of the i don't know if you call it the main title of the film but certainly one of the main melodies of the film um (laughs) this is a scene for me as as a fan and as a as a viewer and a listener, it, it doesn't it's hard to put words to this one. Um and that primarily is one of the reasons why I, I react so amazingly to it is because the music is so perfect here. It does what I think perhaps film music really should do primarily is to find that emotional core and just twist it. And and it, it's done so perfectly here. I mean how did you react to this film when you first saw it? How'd you react to this scene when you first saw it? It's an it's an amazing piece of art. That, that, all of this film, all this music, it really is.
2: Yeah. Oh yes, um, Mike is a, a highly intelligent and, at this point, an extremely experienced director and very underestimated, I think, as a director. I and mean, he has has received many many as every so throughout his career. But still, I think, um, he is an extraordinary talent and still still working. Um, and just recently, he, he, he directs a picture. Not sure what he's working on at the moment, and um, he's, he's now well into his 70s and uh, he's still as passionate and he's huge, physically, and a huge personality. And um, uh, he was very loyal to me, has been very loyal to me, but we're still very good friends. And uh, we've been through the war together um, because these pictures are not easy, these concepts are not easy. And if you're passionate, which he is, and I'm passionate, because um, you're passionate about great performances you're, you're passionate about writing that's great writing Um and it's great acting it's so it's wonderful American acting as I call it it's so underplayed it's so it's so laden with emotional turmoil and, and despair You know, she says why do you hate me when I love you so much it's just In like fact, if, if you're at the rece- receiving end of that it's just a knife in your gut um because you're torn between this obsession with this job and be sucked into it and his relationship with lefty he's sort of almost fallen in love with lefty as a good person he's fallen in love with this good person who's has a huge heart and is naive and he's treating doing like a son maybe he's his son he never had um the father he's never had or he's his son he never had or that kind of son and um been sucked into this underworld, all that is the sort of backstory, and then this poor woman who's at home, um, a, an, an FBI sort of widow. Um, yeah. what I'm getting nothing from you, it's all one sided, and um, I've lost you. Um, uh, but this, yes, this is the main theme, but also if, if this. Coming from my singing background, um whenever I can and I'm given I've been given great opportunities to write a melody. Hmm. Um and, the, and the, the pace of it. Oh. It's very slow. There's lots of there's a lot of suspensions and passing what's in it, um, to be a bit technical.
0: And at its, um, high, at its highest point in the melody, interestingly enough, where you kind of go outside is the moment he says, Um, I am them,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that's the climax to that's the aria, so mm. uh, that's the climax to the aria. Um, and and, and there's, a sort of, there's a there's a chord sequence, a descending chord sequence that, that surprises you and takes you somewhere else. Uh, the rather. It's just I just I, I really like this descending, it's almost as if it's oh it's all collapsing again, you know. So yeah. when you're writing a melody, it, it, it's almost like you call it Chenaw singing in Ireland. If you are singing it, it's 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 the like mountain. The unaccompanied singing in Ireland and Scotland, when someone sings a, a, a great song. A great melody like Danny Boy it has maybe two different, three different levels before it's like climbing a mountain. You know, da 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 ya, You know, Danny Boy, that big yeah, yeah, right, uh, uh, big big crescendo at the end. So it has, you know, it has she's singing. It has uh, you can literally draw a graph where it reaches up, it comes down, and then up and down, and then up to the very top, it comes down in three pieces again. So you've got a little yeah. mountain, um, and that's your that that is that's technically what happens in these. These ancient songs are passed on uh, orally, and that's what that melody does. It's it's building and building and le- it reaches its peak mm-hmm. um, like an aria. And and if you take the if you take it away from the performances, that I would like to put words to this day. I'd like to put words to that. That would be a, a little song in itself. Um, and it's like Schubert. When Schubert, if you study Schubert, which I know you have, in and I have a great deal, um, He even his harmonies and accompaniments were melodies. Yeah. He would never write a phrase yeah. without that phrase being a little melody on his own. And I learned so much from um, from him. And this is pointed out to me by, by my very first school teacher. Um, even that, unlike any other composer, his accompaniments were, you, you could take the melody away and you had another tune going on, yeah. another little accompaniment that stands on its own proudly. It's a little uh, different type of melody but nevertheless, so I think all these thoughts go through my head subconsciously, not consciously Um, but again what drives that is fabulous performances, great story wonderful moment at the right point in the picture Um, your job is just to envelop that, like you're hugging them the music hugs them so and I call it breaking through the emb- embryo without being too pretentious about mm-hmm. it. When you break in, you're actually—I'm actually in that scene. I'm in that room with right. them. and I'm feeling that. And I think like a composer, if you really feel what they're going through, mm-hmm. then hopefully that—that—that—that that, that, that is uh, transmitted. Brought to you by Santa Concerts.